0: Hey friends, and welcome to the happy hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I am your host, Jamie, and the happy hour is a show where each week I invite a girlfriend to join me and we talk about the big things in life, the small things, and everything in between. Today's show is sponsored by Raven and Lily. And most of you know, if you've listened for a while, that I love to support social businesses. And one of my favorites in Austin is based right here, and it is called Raven and Lily. Raven and Lily is an ethical lifestyle and fashion brand. They are dedicated to empowering women through design, supporting over a thousand artisans across eight countries, including Ethiopia, India, Pakistan, and even right here in the U.S. These partnerships offer sustainable employment and a living wage. If you come to Austin, they have a storefront here right over on East Manor. You can shop there or you can visit them online at ravenandlily.com. And just for you Happy Hour listeners, Raven and Lily is offering a discount of 15% off by using the code HAPPYHOUR. So check them out. Guys, today is my 50th episode and I feel so excited about this. Like I wish that I was Oprah and I could just start screaming and throwing cars at you and throwing all kinds of stuff at you. But I just want to let you know, I want to say thank you. For real, when I started this idea of what my podcast would look like or turn into, I had no idea where we were going to go with it and I am just beyond proud of where we've ended up. Each week I hear from you guys about how much you not only love the show, but you're encouraged by the conversations. And that is really why I do this. I mean, I really, I love having a podcast, but my number one reason that I love doing this is because of you, the listener. You guys write in and tell me how much you related to the conversation, or you tell me how you were dying laughing in your kitchen while you were cooking, and that is what I love about the happy hour. If this is your first time, I want to say welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. There's 49 other amazing shows before this one that you should go check out. And if you've been here for every single show, I want to sincerely say thank you. Thank you for continuing to listen. Thank you for continuing to support the happy hour. Today's guest is my friend, Jen Hatmaker. And Jen was one of my very first guests. In fact, she was on episode number two. So if you want to go back and listen to the first time we chatted a little over a year ago, Jen was on that show. Jen is mom to five, pastor's wife, speaker, and writer, and just yesterday, her newest book entitled For the Love released, and we talk about it a lot in the show. Today, we chat about her book, obviously. We talk about me trying to watch Gilmore Girls, which I'm sad to say since this episode, since we recorded this, I still have not watched another episode, but I think I might need to give it a try because so many of you guys told me you loved it. We chat about our supper club that we're in. Jen talks about her process of learning to write and what that looks like. We talked about chatting with our kids about race issues, the books we're reading and loving, and of course, Jen's three favorite things. We have some great giveaways for you. Seriously, Jen is giving away some books, plus some bracelets, plus you know the earrings that you love that Jen and I wear? Well, our friend Tiffany is giving some away, so listen to the end of the show because I'm going to tell you how you can win, and there's a discount code. You're going to love it, guys. Keep in mind that the original air date when we recorded this show was going to be August 5th. And then you all know my computer blew up and I had to wait two weeks to get another one. So whatever. Here we are. August 19th. Here's the new show. Her book just came out yesterday. You should really check it out. If you haven't subscribed to The Happy Hour, it is super easy. Head on over to jamieivy.com slash iTunes. That's all you needed to remember. You can subscribe right there. You can leave a rating or a review there. Which, believe it or not, the rating and review is not just so, like, I feel good about my show. But it helps other people find the show. iTunes uses those to promote your show. So, anyhow, I would love it if you did that for me. Guys, everything we chatted about, if there's a link for it, I'm going to put it on my website for you. So, don't stress about not knowing where to go. I'll put it all up on my webpage, jamieiv.com. So, if you listen and you're like, oh my gosh, I want to know where she got that book. Or, I want to know where she got that candle. Or, I need to know about these earrings. I'm going to help you out, guys. JamieIvy.com for all the links. Guys, thanks for listening. You're going to love the show with Jen. So sit back, relax, grab a cup of coffee, a glass of wine, run harder on the treadmill, fold more laundry, enjoy your commute. Whatever you're doing while you're listening, I hope you enjoy it. All right, Jen, welcome to the happy hour. Woo! This is actually your second time around.
1: It is. It is. I don't know what show we did together the first time, but it feels like it's been six months.
0: Uh, no, it was like over a year ago. That's time like, passes. Yeah, there you go. Time passes. You were my very second guest ever. Really? Yeah. That is
1: awesome. Congrats As, on your 50th. This is 50th. 50th. Andy.
0: I kind of want to be like, you know how when the TV shows have like the cake, you know, oh. like they made yes. it to like 500 episodes or whatever? Right. <laughs> I'm like, it's 50.
1: <laughs> that's a that's amazing and you've just had so many great guests on here people that we love people that we think are so interesting it's so
0: fun yeah okay I will tell you this I'm getting a request for a guest I don't I hope that she takes this as endearing I don't know who she is that well because I don't have cable
1: oh but well you know why you're be-
0: good friends hit
1: me with it
0: Joanna Oh my gosh. I feel like the biggest loser because I don't have cable, so I've never seen her show. I know who she is, obviously. I don't think so. But Jamie. my girlfriend and I went to Waco and she made me go to her store and it was the cutest thing I've ever seen.
1: Oh, no, it's too much. It's too cute. Sometimes when you tell me that you don't have cable, which I know, <laughs> I wonder how we've managed such a good friendship all this
0: time. But I do Apple TV, so I get to watch things. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about this. The other day you texted me and said, hey, or tweeted or something, we're chatting. What shows do you watch that we can talk about? And you mentioned Gilmore Girls. Okay, it's true. How far are you in?
1: Well, let me just tell you something. First of all, Gilmore Girls came out in 2000. Okay? so time, yes. In the year 2000, well, first of all, we were all just trying to survive Y2K.
0: Oh, we barely I, made it.
1: I know, right? <laughs> I had a lot of water. And, um, but Gavin, my oldest son, had just turned two. Sydney was just born. She was born in 2000. And we moved to Austin in 2000. Okay. So, I mean, it's just like complete and total upheaval like total chaos this is my point is I didn't watch Gilmore Girls the first time around hello right. I don't even I ever watched one minute of tv in five years um all I did was like nurse and put out fires <laughs> so I just missed it but the thing is this is what's funny people have been telling me I promise you for years and years and years like Jen you remind me of Lorelai Gilmore you don't know who this is I'm I just-
0: do because I started watching since you tweeted me stop oh I've seen three okay all right. I've seen 3. Okay. Yeah.
1: Uh, you know what? I feel very tender to you right now. Um, that you did that. For <laughs> <Now, laughs> you. I've been hearing about the show. Like people just told me, "I know what you like. We know that you would like this show." And so it's summer, obviously. It's yes. Summer cuz we know this cuz the kids are all home. Yes. And I had a little bit of a lull in my summer. It's about to be over, but anyhow, I was like, "I need a new show." And I don't know what I don't know what happened, but it became Gilmore Girls. And so now I have a real problem. But I'm still in the first season. Oh, so I'm me not too. Yeah. Uh,
0: the dialogue is so snappy, right? It's very snappy. I'll tell you my problem. Too I much keep, Nope, nope. I keep seeing her as the mom from Parenthood. Oh, see, I haven't seen that either. So oh. I have no interest. I'm,
1: I'm fresh. See, you're I'm
0: fresh. fresh. I <laughs> look at her and see her as her character on Parenthood. And so it throws me for a loop. Is that a good character on Parenthood? I loved her character. They're kind of the same a little bit. They're both kind of like just trying to get by and single mom in it and like working their tail off to have their kids have great stuff. Yeah. So.
1: Interesting. I like her. What do you think of the show so far? I just think it's as cute as pie. That's how I think about it. Okay.
0: It's not a show that I would really watch. That's what's hard for me. I don't know why though. Why? What do you mean? Like
1: you have it on the TV, but then you just keep going about your life.
0: What do you mean you don't really watch it? Um, it feel like the show I'm knee deep into right now is Nashville. Oh, yes. And so we're looking at something that was made in 2014 versus something made in 2000. Oh, yeah. It's like when Aaron tried to make me watch The West Wing.
1: Oh, you couldn't do it? I couldn't
0: do it. I don't know. I think that TV has just, I can't handle, I don't even know what I can't handle. I'm blabbering. I don't know. But I, I have t- so what? many people tell me, you have to watch Gilmore Girls. It's is the best show ever made. It's
1: pretty cute, but what is hard to handle are all those turtlenecks, because, you know, so, I mean, yes. it's really, really funny to me, because yes. I mean, that was 15 years ago, and so I'm like, oh, I remember when all the boys wore their hair like that, like, parted yeah. down the middle. And yes.
0: Of, I think Aaron, Aaron, and I were dating then, and so— Has I a picture yes. of his hair like that. Oh, I've for seen sure. it with my eyes. Yes. And they kind of bleach the tips and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's total.
1: It was a hard time to be a boy. Um, anyway, I'm I'm all in here. Like, I, the problem is Brandon doesn't want to watch it with me. I can't imagine why.
0: But I bet you, Sydney does.
1: Well, but- I wanted her to, but she's so busy with her own life. Oh, right. It makes me so. Yeah. You know, they turn into teenagers and they've, like, have friends. Uh-huh. And I, they, I don't know what they're doing, but they don't always just want to do what I want to do anymore. And so and Brandon's like, yeah, no. Because, um, <laughs> you know, you know how you get into a show with your husband? We've- yes. A hundred times, you know. Yeah. I'm by myself on Gilmore Girls, so I promise you, Jamie. I promise, promise. In fact, I think you and I were tweeting about it at midnight. <laughs> I start watching it at like 11:30 or midnight.
0: Like in and- bed or in your in your little office or where? Well, it
1: just depends.
0: But I'm by wherever my- no oh. one's around. <laughs>
1: yes, and I can only log like one or two episodes at the most because I'm tired. Yeah. So that's why you know normally I'd be done by now. I mean I'm so sure. Two weeks into a show, I'd be finished
0: for sure. Okay, know. so since we're talking about TV. There's another show that I've never seen that you mention all you talk about all the time. Really? So you think you can dance? Yes. Okay. Okay. So let me just tell you this. I started it this week. This Jason Derulio guy. Yeah. He is so cute. (laughs) Do you think he's so cute? Oh my God. That is so
1: funny. I I mean, not
0: like I'm like stumbling and can't watch it, but he is so cute. He's adorable.
1: Now here's what you don't know because you're not a lifer here on the show. Is he dirty? He's new. That's he's oh, like, okay. funny
0: right now about him.
1: I don't know if he's dirty. I don't know. I'm not his neighbor. No, I, I mean just... I
0: don't know him as an artist. Like I don't oh, know. I don't like know what kind here. of music does? I have no idea. That's well, what I mean. He's cute.
1: It's That's cute. all I know. He's cute. He's little dancy. Yeah. Like you can imagine it in your head. <laughs> yes. Um. He's a new judge this season, so I don't have history with Jason yet. Um, and Paula is a new judge. Of course, we have history with her with American Idol, which, right. you know, I'm still a fan. I don't mm-hmm. even care. Yeah. <laughs> and, but, so, it's kind of a new cast of characters. here. Here's my point. Listen, just, you know you can trust me about this. I'm in. This week marks the start of the top 20. This is really when the show begins. I mean, this is when they come out with their, their choreographers, have given them dances, they're partnered. They... This is when the whole thing gets beautiful. So, you need... I don't know what you've done this far. Are you all caught up?
0: No, we just started watching on Hulu. So, we've watched two episodes. Should we just skip them and go to... Skip.
1: Okay. Skip all the tryouts. Okay. Just get to top 20 okay. and go from there. You'll just freak out. I mean, I'm telling you, you'll freak out. Me and my sister, Courtney, well, we're obsessed and so we text during the show, but... We cry. Like, we cry over it. That's,
0: I heard you say this. I, I'm not
1: even joking. Like, it's so, like, beautiful oh. and
0: okay. meaningful. Tell me this because you're way ahead of me. The couple that met last season and now they're engaged, are they still in it?
1: It doesn't matter if I spoil, right?
0: No, I don't. No, this is. No, they're not mad. in Okay. we got cut first. Because he wasn't good.
1: Further, okay. And she got cut kind of at the 11th hour. Okay. But you know what? They
0: have love. They have they love. Have and love. love will take you further than dance. Too far. Uh, we'll so it, here's a funny story. We're watching it and I'm watching it with my kids. It's kinda of like American Idol. I love shows like that to watch with the family, you know? Totally. So my the kids that are home with me this week, I have my nephew who's seven, story seven, and then Amos and Deacon, nine and ten. And someone comes on and they're doing something a little like um risque. Grindy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Grindy. yeah. And <laughs> yeah. I'm in the other room and I just hear Deacon go, Uh mom, uh, mom, I I think we should fast forward. And I was like, "Oh, (laughs) precious. (laughs) Precious. Uh, So Jen, I haven't seen you in a long time.
1: You know, I mean, this happens to us every summer. It happens every summer. You know that, right? Like we just, every single summer we have a big hurrah in May because well, y'all's schedule is bonkers. Yeah.
0: We're out pretty early in May because we're year round.
1: Well, you're year, year round. I want to talk about that too, because this is the time of year when I envy you the most. Well,
0: here's what happens. I tell people during the, like around May or some, the beginning of summer, I'm like, oh, we're year round. We go back at the end of the jo- July and like, oh gosh, that sucks. And I always say, just call me around yeah. July 28th and let me know if you still think that you hate it.
1: Absolutely. It's the right amount of time.
0: Like Perfect. you end up getting, is it? We have much- nine weeks this year. That is plenty. My oh my gosh. Yeah, I know.
1: I just think year-round school is a really, really smart schedule. Um, Because also, I'm envious of you in the fall where you're getting two weeks off. Yes. Right about the time we're feeling janky about homework and all that. I just... I, and it just makes more sense for kids. I mean, I've, um, a lot of my teacher friends have done all, all sort of the research on that and just said developmentally, it makes so much more sense to keep them sort of learning throughout the year instead of yeah. having this month, we have 12 weeks off this summer. What in the land?
0: Especially for a kid. I know you have a child who might struggle in school. I have one that struggles in school. It just makes sense that they don't have to have that big of a break for their brain. Absolutely it does. And and it's kind of bad for all, even the
1: kids, by the end of our summer, uh-huh. are at each other, over it, yeah. bored. I mean, yeah. I'm telling you, I, and we have done a lot to, like, keep the needle moving forward on this yeah. like, activity, but good night, it's just too long. And so, I know, every single summer, when your kids go back in July, um, I just think, that's about right, because they get out about the same time, right? Maybe you got out got out,
0: like, maybe a week or week and a half yeah. before, y'all.
1: Yes. Anyways, I'm so ready to see you again because this is ridiculous.
0: I know. So if you listen to us in our second episode, we talked about our supper club. And so we're kind of – we're going to hiatus in the summer. We, honestly, I don't think
1: we've ever had a supper club in the summer.
0: We've tried. No, we've, we've traveled. Hard. We've tried. Yeah. But Aaron is gone like the month of July. Aaron's gone. He's writing a book. I know. Which is super fun. I know. How's that going? It's going – it's – okay, so this book that he's writing – I hope it's okay that I talk about it. I'll ask him. Okay, so this book that he's writing is a, and I say this wrong every time. It's a historical f- fiction, right? It's it's fiction or it's nonfiction. Okay, it's, it's true or it's not true. They're making a story around true things. Oh, I didn't. So know So is it was that fiction. historical or maybe yeah. historical non? I, see. I don't know how to say it. Okay, <laughs> I am like you're the a good best wife. wife. Yes. You're in a new book. I <laughs> know you're gonna love it. Let me tell you. No, he's but writing the- a book. So- yeah, it's a story about Charles Spurgeon. Yeah, and so they have been studying Charles Spurgeon's life and everything about it, and so they are creating a story based on true events. So here's the thing: like I've read a chapter. Some of the stuff in there might not have happened just like that. But there's Mm -hmm. also very true stuff in there, if that makes sense. But they're not changing his character. They're not changing his life story. Yeah. Okay.
1: Okay. I did not realize that.
0: I thought it was more like an autobiography. No, it's not an autobiography. It's a story. Okay. Well, that's way more interesting. And way hard, right?
1: I, I, I would not even know how to write one sentence of that.
0: Like, I know. I was with him last week, and he was working. And... He, like, literally came out of the room and had, like, after, like, five hours, and he's like, here's the paragraph I wrote. (laughs) I was like, oh, dear Lord, this is so hard. I mean, it's so hard. Oh, that's
1: so – I'm excited for him. That's just a real stretch of creativity. Like, Oh, my gosh. Just a real, real, real test of it all, but
0: um, that is –
1: I can't wait to read it. Anyway, so he's doing that this summer. When does he need to be done? I think they have a year to do it.
0: Okay. So all they're, right. like, busting out a lot now, and then um, he's writing them with a friend, and they both have jobs. And so, you know, it's kind of one of those things.
1: So let me tell you this real quick about Supper Club.
0: Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> you know, we always come back with a vengeance in August. We're always so... Yes. We'll, you know, we we'll we know how this goes. We know yes. the risk. But you know that I wrote about Supper Club and For the Love.
0: I so, love like, it! I sent you
1: guys all the essays. Yeah,
0: uh-huh.
1: But what's so cute now is that... um, So... A bunch of people have read it at this point. So, like, my launch team has read the whole book, and um, pre-orders, you know, got to do the download. So it's just it's out there enough that people have read it, and so the response to supper club is so strong. What is it that they people love? love it. People, as a matter of fact, I did um, a feature story with um, Austin Woman. Do you know that oh, magazine? Yes. Here? Uh-huh. Yeah. So, it's like, it's the cover story, and they came out, we did this whole thing at the house, and all this photo shoot, anyhow, um, the, the editor got a copy of the book in advance and read it, and so she has a whole sidebar just about Cyber Club, because she thought it was so fascinating. That
0: is so fun. Like,
1: She's like, send me the rules about CyberClub Club, and how does it, you know, how does it work, and, um, and then my agent, Curtis, and his wife, Karen, after reading the manuscript, you know, almost a year ago, when I turned it in, Started their own supper club in California in she
0: Orange told County. told me that when I saw her. Yes. Isn't that cute? It's so fun. That actually, after we did our uh, last podcast, um, that's what people ask me about the most. Tell me I about your it. supper club. I want to have a supper club. How do you do this with kids? Da, 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 da. And so.
1: Listen, we have got something. I'm telling you. We, need to, we are outsourcing supper club to the masses. Well,
0: and what we say at every supper club is we need a cookbook. I know. Because well, we have some great cooks in our supper club outstanding
1: actually. I mean, you're one of them. Well, you know, I put Aaron's recipe in the book. Oh, that's I was, right. Remember, I, I mean, I literally had him send it to me and you know what he did, Jamie, this is so Aaron. <laughs> I'm like, I, I sent him a text and I was like, this is random, but do you by chance know where you got that recipe or do you still have that recipe for the braised lamb? And he was like, let me, sh- I have it all, um, <laughs> annotated in Evernotes. Um, I used my recipe and then made notes of the way I adjusted. I'm like, Oh my stars.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if he, I tell him all the time, he needs like a cooking show because he, this is what will happen. And you can do this too. So this is, not, this is how y'all work. I'll go into the kitchen and be like, guys, we have to go out to eat. There's nothing to eat. <laughs> Right. Aaron's like I'll do it. He goes in the kitchen and we sit down to dinner and we have like appetizers, we have yeah. like this amazing meal that he just I said, "Where'd you get this recipe? I just thought of it." Yeah, I thought of it. I just I just did it.
1: I know. He's like a natural cook. He really he has a, just a natural ability in the kitchen that is his instincts on flavors and are so are good. Just,
0: it's so good. I yeah. mean, I think
1: he's our best cook in Supper Club. And let me tell
0: you what I've realized, and I think I've come to terms with this summer. I'm always trying a new way of eating to lose five pounds. (laughs) It's the story of my life. Totally. But I realize it's impossible in this house. No, no. Because I'll be like, Aaron, I just need a grilled chicken breast and steamed broccoli. And he's like, "Mm, I don't do that. How about this onion marmalade? <laughs> yes,
1: I know it's not his way, and you know what? You're the better for it. Let's be well, honest. Well, I
0: just—that's where I said I give. I don't care. No. What, what am I going to eat? Grilled chicken and lose five pounds, or eat what Aaron makes?
1: I mean, I'm, I'm so serious. Listen, life is too short for that five pounds to know Aaron's <laughs> food. I'm I, yes, I'm so real. Um, I know he should have a show, and we could just be on it. Like we could just—you could be could, the
0: guest color
1: commentary and he could like (laughs) actually produce the food but he's funny he's funny I know we don't need that I I hear you girl
0: if you don't know it guys I'm a Texas girl through and through I've lived here most of my life I was born here and I love traveling here's why I love traveling throughout Texas because it has a vast landscape of cultures regions destinations and activities which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences Speaking of shows and stuff, I said that I was going to be chatting with you like a week ago, and people asked me questions to ask you. Oh, that's fine. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Let me skim through them real quick. Someone asked, are you still, like, in your house since your show?
1: Oh, my gosh. I mean, this house is beyond. I, I love this house. So, I've now I'm I'm full-on, hardcore, old house person now. I your I, love. I just I, – I am smitten – and I can't ever not be. So um, I love this old house. We're building a porch. I can't wait for y'all to come over and see it. We I can't built either. a porch this summer because this house just says sit on a porch. You know, for I'm sure. 105 years old, sit on a porch. Uh-huh. And so we built a porch um, that is just so pretty. And I don't know. You know, our house is kind of little, all of our rooms are little, all of the spaces are little. Well, who cares? I don't even. I, Me and the kids were having this conversation yesterday because um, Remy said that in her next life when she's an adult, she wants a mansion.
0: (laughs) Every kid does, right? Yeah, she wants a mansion. Uh And I was
1: telling her, I'm like, no, you do not want a mansion. That is more stuff to fill, more stuff to clean. I'm like, this house is little and we can have it just tidied up in a hot minute. But anyway, yes, the answer is yes. I love this house. I love our chickens. I love this little plot of ground anyway,
0: and you so, have this office now, which is amazing.
1: I have this office, um, which was literally just a nasty old shed, and so I'm so thankful for it. you know I've never had a um uh, an office before, and so i'm I'm super grateful for this house i'm um, so I love it anyway, thanks for asking.
0: This is the office where you wrote your new book? <clears throat>
1: This office is where I wrote my new book.
0: Where? Okay, so how, this is your what book coming out?
1: This is basically,
0: Not like, like, more or less, it's like my 11th book. 11th book. Okay, I had a conversation with Jess Connolly the other day. You know, Jess. I do. I just spent a weekend with her. Yeah, love her. Yes, I saw her after y'all's weekend. It was so great. Which we went to a new restaurant in town, Laundromat, is- or... That sounds like a place you wash clothes. Um, <laughs> it's something like that. Anyhow, you and Brandon should go. But anyhow, we were chatting, and I asked her her three favorite things, which I'm going to ask you at the end, too. And she told me that she picked up one of your old books and is loving it. You know what? Misunderstood. She told me that, told me that and it was so
1: kind. I've not put an eyeball on that. I wrote that book in 2008, and... um, Maybe even 2007, to be honest. You know what? I wrote it in 2007. It came out in 2008. And I've not read it since. And she's kind of working on a book right now with similar Uh content, like just a similar focus anyways. And I was afraid of what I had read. I wasn't sure. You know, I was early in my career. And even my my life is so different now. But she was so sweet and kind about that book. And so, anyway, I probably had to go back. And maybe it wouldn't be. Wouldn't be like as scary as I thought it was? But I'm grateful for all the old books, to be honest with you. I You know, nobody read any of them. That's so not
0: true. It's the truest thing I've ever <laughs> said
1: in my entire life. But I, I'm so – it's not a regret at all for me because I, first of all, learned how to be a writer. That was just so valuable. Ian, how let's be just write.
0: be honest, too. You wrote with babies.
1: Oh, my gosh. I mean – I don't even know how I did it. I mean, yeah. honestly, when I think back to having – toddlers and preschoolers and a bunch of elementary age kids. I, I don't I cannot even believe I cranked all that out, but, um, but I'm so grateful for it. And, and I learned how to take criticism. I learned how to take, how to work with an editor. And then really, I just, I think for me, the, the runway that I'm the most grateful for on all those early books, even though they were just like non, like almost a non presence in the world is that it? Just gave me time to grow up, like in discipleship. Honestly, like yeah. I just was not ready as a disciple um, to lead from a from a wider space. Yeah. I needed, I needed like personal growth and transformation. And so, I think God just tucked me away there and gave me the chance to practice the craft while kind of growing me up spiritually a little bit and changing us a little bit. And so, no regrets at all. But I it love is, that. It is nice to hear somebody come back and say, Hey, I read that. It wasn't even
0: terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's good to hear, too, because so many people, I mean, you just said no one read the book, but that's probably not true. But so many people know about Jen Hatmaker from, would you say, seven?
1: Yeah. I mean, okay. I, would, I would say the majority of my readers join me at seven. Um, and, and going back, probably just a hair to interrupt it. So that's kind of how people know me, and which is great because that's really, those are a lot more indicative of sort of yeah. our hearts and uh-huh. kind of how we lead and what we care about ministry. But um, but before then, well, I think about Melissa. Every time I think about this, it makes me think about Melissa. Melissa's in our supper club. And <laughs> <laughs> Where, who were we talking to? I don't remember. But I don't know. Somebody was talking to us and just said, Uh, I don't remember, but it was like, how many, Uh, something about me.
0: They asked her, like, how many, they asked her, like, how many books you've written or something. That's right. How many books has Jen
1: written? Melissa's like, she's written two. (laughs) (laughs) Melissa, I've written ten. (laughs)
0: Well, just last year she read the first one, I think.
1: Oh, my gosh. I love that so much. You just cannot, I cannot tell you how, like awesome that is to me, that she had no idea.
0: Well, maybe, Joanna, whenever I get her on the show, I'll be like, I have never seen your show, but I love you anyways. Totally. Um, uh, but no, I think it's great, because to look back, and cause a lot of people are like, man, Jen has these amazing books that kind of just took off and went like crazy, but then to look back and be like, well, she's been doing this for a long time.
1: Oh, my word. I you remember know? When I was 29. Right. I mean, I've really been... That it's just so true. That whole thing about being an overnight success. That's true. just not even a thing. Right. I mean, all it just means is you didn't see somebody when they were like working in the trenches. Exactly.
0: Yep. Yeah. Totally. It's like when I someone know. shows up on the someone shows up on the music scene and like, oh, where were they? Well they've actually been working little bitty gigs like for ten years. <laughs> getting exactly. paid like they get paid like fifty bucks on a beer, you know?
1: Like, like you and I. Yes. I've got implants and Starbucks <laughs> gift cards. Yes. For years and and I'm, I, again, I'm like thankful for that. I have a lot of young writers talk to me a lot when I travel and they're just like, I want to do what you do. I want to, I want to get published. I want to, I want to travel and speak. And I mean, how did you get there? And I'm like, girl, put your head down and work, yeah. like work hard, right where you are. The internet's weird because it's kind of tricked us into thinking we can be instant success, you right. know, like just, I want to be famous. <laughs> oh, that's another show. Dog ear. Um, uh, okay, oh Wait, my gosh. Now I'm distracted.
0: Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? Oh, oh, yes, 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 yes. I have seen, what I need, need to go back. I need to go back because I really like that show. Did you watch it? I've seen like the first five or something. I really uh, like it. That's Titus' song. Oh. Oh, yes, yes, yes. The guy, yes, yes. And take care of my skin tags. Yes, yes. It's so funny.
1: Anyways, so I'm just like, uh, the internet's fooled us into thinking we can skip the necessary steps of hard work, of earning our voice. Um, of developing a craft um, and of being completely obscure. And it's a bummer. We're worse mm-hmm. for it yeah. um, to think we we just can route around that somehow. So I'm always telling people, listen, I've been doing this a lot longer than you think I have. Um, and I was so crappy at the beginning. So yeah. crappy that I'm just so thankful that we didn't have Facebook. Oh. Like All those talks are just gone. Thank you, Lord. They're not recorded <laughs> somewhere. Um, I would right. not want to bear witness to right. that. Season. Aaron
0: has these same conversations with young worship leaders. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and he's like, yeah. "Well, I I've actually been doing this for a lot of years, and there were some months like my family could barely eat." So, word, keep going.
1: Truest thing ever.
0: Truest thing ever. Yeah. Um, So for the love, your new book. Yeah. yeah. When does it come out? It comes out August
1: 18th. Okay. And I'm just super excited about this one. I. I have not written a book since seven and I wrote seven in 2010. So I just had a big spell there where I wasn't writing. And so this book has just, it's been like growing like a bubble inside of me, just as I've been collecting and collecting and Mm -hmm. collecting and, and, and developing these conversations. So I'm going to tell you, I wrote this book so fast. I mean, it came pouring out because I had time to live. Mm. You know, sometimes I learned this early on I wrote so many books so fast. I didn't have time to live anything new.
0: If you're have not to... living, you have nothing to say.
1: I mean, honestly, you can tell when you read some of my writing, um, some of my earlier writing, you can tell that I'm pulling up from a dry well. Mm. Um, and so this one, I just I hadn't written in so long, and it was so fun to write. And I've wanted to write in this format before. You and I have talked about this. Um, I, I thought I would like to write the kind of book that I like to read. Right. I love to read an essay book, you know, Mm -hmm. just where they're kind of standalone. There's generally kind of a loose thread that runs throughout, but you can read one essay and in 10 minutes and put it down and pick the next one and not lose it. Right. Um, and so it was so fun to write. In fact, I have two books on this contract and my second one's the same format and I'm just, I'm pumped. I mean, I've already started writing it because I've got all these ideas that I couldn't fit into the first one. And, Um, and so, so what's the
0: theme that kind of goes throughout this one? Yeah.
1: The theme, like the subtitle of for the love is, um, (laughs) what is my subtitle? Hold on. It's fighting for grace in a world of impossible standards. And Mm. grace is for sure the thread. So we, it's loosely organized. First of all, I just wrote it all. And I thought, let me just, I'm going to write about all the things we care about right, like our, our, our generation and, and all the people who, so that's a lot yeah. of things. Yeah. We care about God. We care about dinner
0: community. Uh, right, <laughs> We
1: care about fashion. Uh-huh. Uh, we care about missions. I mean, we like have a lot of buckets. Yeah. And so rather than taking one subject and writing 60,000 words about it to death, I got to kind of do it all, which was the most fun. So it's loosely grouped into like, kind of you and your spirit, your own personal walk with God, like you're you, you. Mm -hmm. And then there's like family, marriage, kids, parenting, home. And then there's the third section is community, neighbor, supper club, you know, all that part that this just brings us so much joy. And then the last section is kind of like the world and people who believe differently than us, um, overseas, the whole world. Uh Um, and so throughout it all, it's just a enormous thread of grace. Like we're just too hard on everyone and including ourselves. Um, and so we need to be kinder. We need to be more gentle. We need to be more empowering and encouraging. And so I hope it'll be a relief. It's not like a long list of here's what to do to be a better human. I mean, it's more like you're already doing okay. Right. Like let yourself off the hook.
0: Uh huh. Like don't worry about those five pounds. Eat, eat the good food. Eat the onion marmalade. I mean, right.
1: yeah, it just and then it's okay that we're different, yeah. and it's we don't always have to agree about everything to love one another well, and and none of us are perfect, and it's okay to just know that and say it and embrace it, and um, so I'm just you know it's just a hard world right now. It's a hard place to live. Very it's, hard. It's just everything's so contentious, and it's so cynical, and it's so it can even just be so mean. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm just tired of it. And so, For the Love
0: is kind of the antidote to all that.
1: Um, and it was
0: so fun to write. I, I, I cannot wait to read it. I can't believe you have it. I, I have know. A book for you. I just need it. I can't wait it's, to read it. Yes. Hey, and it. we'll give one away, too. We'll give one away. Exactly. Perfect. Love that. So, when it comes out, it will come in your mailbox. We'll give it one away. Yep. Um, uh, speaking of the world being a hard place, I just thought of this. Um, h- how do you talk to your kids? about the racial stuff in the world. That's a heavy, mm. that's a heavy topic. But I, I asked you this, and I talked with Tasha about this on our podcast, and she's so sweet to help me, but I really struggle with it. Yeah. I really, really, really struggle with it um, because I'd rather them not know. I know exactly
1: what you mean. Which
0: that does so, not help the situation. I know I mean, this.
1: I have a similar internal conflict um, in that at this point, at their ages and in our life, they're just kind of universally beloved in our community, right? right. So there was no sense of, you know, exactly. marginalization uh-huh. or you know, being different. Of course, we live down here. Well, you do too, but we both live in communities that are pretty diverse. Right. I mean, uh-huh. our, now our diversity, I think we're, uh, our, our zip code is about, I think we're around 60% Hispanic. But still, it's just, we're not in an all white Right, community, in right. of you, either my, yeah. Um, so already our kids just look around and see diversity is just completely normal. And uh-huh. um, but anyway, we talk directly about it, and it's hard. Like it's do really kids hard watch the news. I'm careful about that. Okay. Also, because so much of the way that the the, the news spin. is, it's just sensationalized, and it's. Yeah. I don't even want them to see some of it. I mean, yeah. they're too young to handle some of the, like, physical brutality that we're able to just click on and watch. Right. You know? Um, and so I'm I'm really careful about making them feel afraid. I don't want yeah. them to feel afraid. Um, but so we take it a lot of times from a positive angle, like making sure that we have people of color in our homes and and that we are – we're reading all kinds of different authors and we are paying attention to all kinds of different leaders. And, um uh, that just what my kids see is a, like robust and a vibrant, diverse community at every level, not just friends, but like in leadership and right. their coaches. And, um, and so, but the thing is, we just won't be able to escape this and, and we don't want to send our kids out at 18 unprepared. Right. Right. And naive. And so, um, so we kind of, we go at it directly, but it's a, it's a hard conversation. It hurts every time.
0: It's um, so hard. And it's just, and I, and i I hear what you're saying. It's so true. Like the age appropriate stuff. That's kind of what you're saying there. Yes. Like story. I've not had one conversation about this. Yes. with. She's seven yes. and she's yes. pretty naive about just uh, things. Um, but my boys were starting to have those conversations. But yes. I'll tell you what, it's also hard for me to have the conversation with Caden and he is biological white as the day. Yes. Just because I feel like it, it it affects my other boys more, but I think yeah. it still will hurt Kaden. Yes. And I just have this, like, I don't want my kids to hurt for the things of the world. But then again, yeah. I, I need to. So we've had we've had good conversations. Us too. It's stretching I mean, we, me very much. Totally.
1: I, and the thing is, I think that's one thing good for your listeners to hear is just that just because it's uncomfortable doesn't mean it's wrong. Exactly. Um, just because it's hard mm-hmm. doesn't mean you should avoid it. Yeah. I, I don't think there is a way through this conversation that just, hey, that felt good. Right. You know, like, that went great. At the end of every one of them, we're kind of like, ugh. ugh. Um, but that doesn't mean we avoid it. Right. Um, I think we still just, it's like talking about sex. Yep. I never enjoy that. Never. Yep. I never get past that and think, let's talk more about that. <laughs> that was good. You still, like, have to
0: do it. Yep. <laughs> And you know, it's funny because I told Tasha this before, I'll talk to my kids about sex in a heartbeat because I feel, I see the value in it and I don't want them to not know, but man, this feels different.
1: I know it does, but but, we're walking through it, but I see the value in it too, because we, we are, I'm so determined to raise the next generation of reconcilers. Mm. Um, and it's the, it's the subtle inherent bias the, the white supremacy that just seeps in. You don't even know it. You can't even see it. It's invisible. That is what keeps systemic racism mm-hmm. going. Mm-hmm. And so there's no way to root that out yeah. other than exposing
0: it. You know, so I was you thinking, cannot yeah. root out what you can't see. Right. And, you know, I was thinking about that, like, the stuff that you don't even know is there. I remember as a kid one time, someone, uh, it, was, it was a big group of people, and someone said their name. And it was clearly um, not a, like, white European name. OK, so it had um, I think it was maybe like an African name or something. Okay, And I remember someone being like, that is such a funny name. That's a weird name. And that memory is in my head. And I thought about it like literally like four days ago. And I thought that is seeing that everything that I know is normal is right. That's right.
1: That, that's one thing I've learned so much in this dialogue is that in general, a white person thinks about white culture Um they would call that normal. Right. So that is normative and everything outside of that is not. And so that is one of those very, very subtle things. You don't even know help, it. No, but it helps us just make up, make people very other, uh-huh. you know, we can other everybody because they're not our normal. And so that's just a privilege. I mean, it really is. We get to feel like we're the center of the universe at all times. Mm-hmm. And so i um, talking to our kids about that. Like we, we've had a really good conversation a couple of weeks ago. Um, About the Confederate flag, you know, that the whole Uh thing over in Charleston with the flag. And then we have real tight connections here in our community because before we moved here, but not that long ago, between like 10 and 15 years ago, um, the Confederate flag was flown at our kids' high school. What Uh, for? That's like their, it's like the rebels. That's what they're, that's their mascot. Oh. And so they flew, they, so, uh, you know, Before I'm not sure when it happened, but, you know, they removed it and said, and so, but it was a big deal in this community, apparently. And okay. people were mad and, mm-hmm. you know, the whole argument. And so, you know, we were able to bring that contextually, like literally to our kids' doorstep and like say, this happened this is here, not far. Right. This is not far. I mean. And this is what it means. And I could hear. I was so glad we had that con- that conversation because all of a sudden my kids are telling. I am hearing this white narrative come out of their mouths. No, it's you know it's just about. That's not about racism. It's about Southern life. And I was like, oh, they've been hearing. They they had a narrative in their head about the Confederate flag that I did not even know they had, just from being in this community. And so, man, I just. You sh- I came in like a wrecking ball. <laughs> <laughs> I came in like a wreck. Okay. Um, And so it was a hard conversation, but good. Mm-hmm. But it was, you know, our littles, Ben, just so tender about it, cried. And yeah. it's just not easy. But there is no – but but rooting
0: up racism is not easy. You know, I just read – <laughs> clearly I probably had to read this in high school. And I just did not – I did not enjoy reading as a, when I was younger. Tell me you that. And I love it now. Um yeah. But I read just on vacation two weeks ago to kill a mockingbird
1: oh yes,
0: and clearly I've surely had to read that in high school, but i didn't anyhow, I cried through it. I mean, okay. i don't know if you rem- do you remember have you read it recently at all? I read it when I turned thirty that okay was the first time I'd read it yeah, and um I cried through it, and I know that there's a lot i think it's different for me now as having um children of color and And even in the book, they talk a lot about how the kids that were, um, mixed race, they talk so meanly about them, almost even worse than the, the black people in the community. And that's like my deacon. Yeah. And I remember just feeling, and my first thought obviously was like, when my kids read this, how is this going to make them feel? Yes. You know, but it was so good. I loved it.
1: I know. I mean, it's a classic for a reason. Exactly. It really, really is. And, and. To have an Atticus, you know, Finch was important at that time. Mm-hmm. When was it, *To Kill a Mockingbird* written? I mean, I think
0: it was written in. I'm gonna. I'll look it up, but I think like the '60s, huh? 60s I thought too. I mean,
1: that was a that was a progressive and a, and an important storyline at the time, and it still is today. <clears throat> Side note: This is why I don't want to read.
0: Can you can we tell me what's happening? I don't even know. What is it called, Jamie? Go Set a Watchman or something like yeah. that. Yeah,
1: yeah. Go it's, Set a Watchman. It was published that- in
0: 1960, To Kill a Mockingbird.
1: Yes. So, you know, basically this was Harper Lee's... Okay, if I have this wrong, I'm sorry to your readers. I, I it,
0: well, it was the first draft of the book, right? Go Set a Watchman? Uh-huh. That's what I've heard too. The first
1: draft of To Kill a Mockingbird, which got, kind of got shelved and she reworked it. I don't want to give too much away because...
0: But I think everything you've said you can read on the internet.
1: Okay, that's true. That's a great point. So what I'm hearing, what I'm hearing, and the reviews are like, they're thumbs down like everywhere. I know. You know, and first of all, it was some sort of weird thing. It kind of got wrenched out of her hands and maybe published against her will. So just from a literary standpoint, I'm thinking, wow, that was not a good start. But, you know, what I've heard is that our Atticus. I know. Don't say it. No. So I'm just unprepared to read a narrative where Atticus is anything less than heroic. <laughs> right? I, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to think of him differently.
0: I have heard mostly, and again, I have not read that much about it. I have heard mostly you're going to hate Atticus. It's going to lose his, like, heroism that you have in your brain about, not heroism, but he stood up for something that nobody else was right. in that book. Um, but then I also heard people say, like, it's a good story. But yeah, I'm torn. I don't
1: I know Nish was just telling me on Twitter yesterday that I have to read it or she's not going to talk to me anymore. Does but she
0: has she does she she likes
1: she, she li- apparently
0: she, she loved it. Okay,
1: I mean Harper Lee is such a good writer too, um, and just and the the setting, the storylines, all just very fascinating and just nuanced. But I'm just I think maybe I love To Kill Mockingbird so much that I just don't want to mess with it.
0: I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait for
1: sure. Okay, maybe if you read it first, you can tell (laughs) me your thoughts. I'm prepared to not read it.
0: I'm prepared to not read it as well because I loved Atticus so much, you know. Yes. Yes. Um, What are you reading right now?
1: Well, I just bought a whole bunch of books. So I bought one book yesterday. I texted Jessica Honiger from the bookstore um, because she was telling me about a book that she loved so much. It's called Girl Boss. Have you heard her talk about it? I've
0: heard her talk about it, yeah.
1: Yes, and so it's a it's a memoir, which yeah. you know you know I both love. We love them, yeah. Love memoirs, and and I just um, I can't remember what business the scout is something techy. Look, I don't even know. I literally just bought it on Jessica's recommendation, but I love stories of women who are ambitious and they have this great vision and they're strong and they're. Just business savvy. And I mean, it makes me think of Jessica. So um, I just bought Girl Boss. We leave on vacation tomorrow and I plan on reading like three or four books. Nonstop. Yes. That's one of them. Yeah. What are you reading?
0: I just picked up um, a book called The Martian.
1: I don't know. I'm not happy about the title. I'm
0: not either. But this does not sound like a book I would ever read because it's like sci-fi. And that is not, my genre. not in my genre either. But um, it's kind of memoirish sci-fi, if that even makes sense. I don't even know, know what that means. This guy, <laughs> he got – this sounds so like you're not going to like it, neither am I. But I'm, I'm going to read it. He got left on Mars. Okay? Wait a minute. Is this just turned into a movie? Matt with Matt Heyman, yes. Okay, I know, okay. I get it now. So he gets left on Mars, and he, he, they all think he's dead, but he's, like, journaling through his time there. So it's kind of memoirish, but thank okay. Are you into it a little bit? Like, how far are you in? Well, I got the uh, large print from the library, and I'm on page 21. So basically <laughs> that means, like, page 4. Um, <laughs> but I like reading books before I see the movies. It's, like, a really good thing I like to do. Yeah. And yeah. someone told me that I will love this, even though it's sci-fi.
1: I'm proud of you for going outside of your genre. I tend to like pigeonhole myself a little bit uh-huh. into the handful of styles that I really, yeah. that I really like. Yeah. But, um, but I've been surprised before. I mean, I, I, I remember one of the books that surprised me the very most. Cause I didn't think I would like it. It was, um, you know what? It sounds a lot like what Aaron is writing. It was historical. <laughs> there is a word for that. I, know. Like,
0: I need I, to learn it. You know what I think it
1: is? I think it's historical narrative. Historical narrative, something.
0: It's like, <clears throat> it's a true story, kind of, but you yes. can embellish it a little bit.
1: Yeah. But you don't very, change very, the
0: course of their life. Yeah.
1: It's fact-based. It's <clears throat> fact it involves a ton of research and time. Yes. And yeah. Then you sort of craft the dialogue and the how. Yes. Anyway, I read um, Devil in the White City. I'm sure, I have, have I ever talked to you about this? No. Um, he's written several, what is his name? Devil in the White City. I forgot his name. This is his. This is his niche. He he takes like really fascinating moments in history, and 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 writes them in that way. And so this was a combination. First of all, I love history. Eric Watson. And I love specifically. I love American history, like in the late 1800s and early 1900s. I just think it's so 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 interesting. And so he takes like. Um, the World's Fair that came to Chicago in the late 1800s at the same time there was a serial killer in Chicago like killing all these people and just writes this whole fascinating account of what it was like for Chicago to to win the World's Fair and then this killer anyway it would not have ever been my genre and somebody uh, my girlfriend Susanna said I think you would like this and I'm like I think I would not that doesn't even sound it sounds interesting Fascinating, I mean, I gobbled it up so much, and so he's also written about like the Lusitania and all these just interesting historical threads, but i'm taking I'm taking a rabbit trail. My point is sometimes we go we go outside our sometimes
0: homes. we go out now. I read a book this summer, but that I've been a little leery to talk about just because I don't know if people think bad about me, but I'm just going to go oh, for gosh. it oh, um, Gillian Flynn oh yeah, dark places <laughs> oh, I haven't read that one <gasps> Ugh. I mean it is like. It's a rated R book for sure.
1: Uh-huh. Is it like rated R because of what's, what's... There's violence.
0: Uh-huh. Her family's murdered. So okay. I'm not giving anything away either. Yes. But um, it was a book where several times, I mean, it was so, I couldn't stop. I mean, literally, really? I'm on vacation on a boat in the middle of the ocean, and I get on with my book, and the boat driver's like, are you really going to read? And I was like, yes, I have 20 pages left. <laughs> I will read. Uh-oh. I mean, Uh-oh. it was one of those where I'm oh, like. Yeah. I don't care where I am. I have to finish this book, Um, but it was it was it was a little difficult in some ways.
1: Well, I you know I don't care about rated R. I did mean, you mean I, Gone I, Girl. I did not like it.
0: Oh, yeah, you said I, that. I did not like it
1: at all. I didn't. I thought it was dark and, then
0: you and would I don't not know, like it was this
1: dark. I mean, I will read a heavy story. Mm-hmm. I'm not some Pollyanna. Yeah. But I just did not like it. I just felt like.
0: This is so twisted. (laughs) So twisted. Okay, this is too. It's very twisted. She's just got a twisted mind. Like, who can come up with this? Right. And I look at her picture in the back, and she looks so, like, joyful. And so, like, just like, yes, like just like you and I. And I'm like, where does this come from? How does she sleep at night?
1: I mean, even just to come up with the narrative, I'm just – So I, after Gone Girl, I was just like – Maybe Jillian isn't exactly my author. Dream. I'm prepared to try again. Like, would you say that dark places gave you the same sort of feeling like about humanity as gone girl? It was worse.
0: Oh, okay. I mean, there's like no hope.
1: That's, <laughs> it. That's it. It's like, there's no redemption.
0: The end. There's <laughs> no redemption. No,
1: okay, I'm going to have to pass. Yeah, no. it was, it was hard. I don't have a good gear for that. What's the matter? Maybe I only like happy books.
0: No, it's okay. So those are the last that's, Those are the last two books I read, Dark Places and then To Kill a Mockingbird. That was my vacation read. Talk about like <laughs> the ends of the spectrum. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you just skip right over the beach read. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> don't ask me what books to take to the beach. <laughs> totally. Oh, my gosh. But uh, yeah, the, so The Martian has a movie coming out, so that always makes me want to read okay. a Okay, well, I'll, if
1: you tell me that you like it, I would give it a try. I'll let you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely interesting. I've never thought, I've never read anything like that before. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's creative. Um, someone told me that told me they saw a picture of Matt Damon that he had his long hair and a ponytail. Oh, I don't feel good about that. I haven't seen it. Do you? Um, I don't think I would, I think, it, I don't know. I haven't seen him.
1: Oh, I don't feel good at all. I'm going to Google that and see for confirmation, but he's a short hair person. I think this is just plain and obvious. You
0: know, when I was in high school, I did not love Jesus, and I only had um, about two standards for boys. Okay. These were the only two standards I had. Okay. No smoking and no long hair.
1: Oh, well, see, you had some, redeem- some redeeming qualities in there. See, I know. I, long hair on a boy has to be exactly right. Like, who's somebody who has long hair that's a boy that it, it's right? Can you think of one? No. I, all I can think of right now are 80s hair bands, and that's not the right <laughs> category. The big. Well, okay, no, that's not. Okay, I can't find it. I can't find one. I I like, like, a floppy hair, like yeah. uh, like Bradley Cooper, kind uh-huh. of how he, he, yeah. he'll, he'll push it yeah. back, or it'll be sort of floppy along at the collar a little bit. Uh-huh. But I can't, I don't know about a ponytail. That just makes me feel so anxious.
0: <laughs> Especially if, like, you have short hair. No, oh, and Matt Damon, Matt Damon is
1: like, he's like somebody who would live on your street. You exactly,
0: know? him and his sweet wife, yes. Yeah, like he should just have a short,
1: regular person haircut is how I feel about hey, it.
0: Hey, speaking of um, men, you're Caleb, I see pictures of him, and he's not a little boy anymore. You'll freak out when you see him in person. Like, like something happened. It did, it did. The alchemy in his
1: body this year is out of out of bounds, like...
0: I I told you, I
1: was very serious. He was at camp for one week. No, he was at camp for five days. And he came home, and I'm like, uh, Brandon, I promise you, he is taller again in the five so days that I've seen crazy. him last. He is, he's as tall as Gavin, who's a senior. And he, he's probably going to be taller, huh? He's going to be taller. Uh-huh. Um that both those boys are towering over me I mean, I'm at that phase. I'm that mom now whose boys are taller than her that's where we're
0: at so you're Cal- gonna have it I'm gonna have it so Caleb starts eighth grade Caleb's an eighth Gavin's a senior okay O-M-G. tell me this real quick senior are you gonna are you gonna cry all year or you think I you're just, good I feel like I am okay
1: I feel like I am I was um I was prematurely weepy his junior year. I was like, I'm not gonna <laughs> too early. To this. this is too soon. And this is too much drama. And he, I mean, maybe I'll just dig deeper and find it. But I just, for me, it's, it's enormous. It's not just Gavin, although it is Gavin because I like him so much. He's such a fun kid, but I'm just like, Oh, here we go. Cause like once Gavin graduates, boom for you. Years, I yeah. lose a kid. They're all two grades apart. All the way down to Remy. All the and, way down there, two
0: grades apart? Two grades
1: apart, every last one of them. And I so I'm like, you know, every yeah. other year I launch a kid, and it just feels, I don't even know. It feels sad, and it feels weird. It feels weird. This is something that I know I've learned about myself this year. Um, when I was prematurely re- stressing out about Gavin, um, and I was like, why do I feel like, like, what is the matter with me? I'm sturdy, you know? I'm. Yeah. I want to launch them. That's what we're doing here. That's our whole job. Right. And somebody helped me understand this because Remy, Remy has sobbed her eyes out about Gavin going to college that she's never going to see him again.
0: <laughs> I can see Remy is like the end of the world. End of the world. End I mean, she's not good with goodbyes. Yeah. That is
1: her worst genre. Yeah. And, um, and I was like, what is this? And somebody helped me understand this. I'm the oldest of four. So, I left first. You didn't so, go through yeah, this. I never had this feeling ever. I never watched a sibling leave. I never was home with less kids than I grew up
0: with. That's so true. Um, so
1: when I came home, everything was the same as it always was. All the kids were still there. And so I don't I have never experienced this before. This is my first time to have somebody leave the house. It's a kid. And so I think I'm gonna do poorly. I've... I think.
0: I think when you when you talk about that, it makes sense. Like all of a sudden, you'll look around, and you'll be like, "Someone's missing." Like so, you're counting heads, and you're one less. That's
1: weird. Uh huh. I mean, when I try to think about my house, like just without Gavin in it, I, I don't know what to th- I don't know how to think about that space. I don't know how to think it's about weird. He just occupies a very important part. I in know. The and so, anyway, I feel excited for him because he's so fun and he's such a great kid, and he's just gonna. He's going to be fine. And I'm th- but I just, anyways. I just I think talked. You're a lot of drama for me this year. <laughs> yeah. I just right.
0: talked to both of our friends, Susie Davis, about, raising, about kids leaving. Because, you know, know, she's done it. And she's done it so well. She's done it so well. And she was like, Jamie, they're going to be ready.
1: Yes. It is like
0: our, that, this is what you said. This is what happens. It's our job, and they're ready. But she also talked about struggling with parent, And we don't, I don't want to talk about this, but like parenting kids once they're gone. Like, what does that look like? Oh, my gosh. Well,
1: that's a whole other thing. And it's apparently not um, easy. Uh-uh. Like, it doesn't get a ton easier because you, you have to figure out how to parent. An adult. Rolling, Yes. Yeah, exactly. And, and there's some parts where you just back out of it. And so, I don't know. We don't know how to do that. But they're
0: still stupid. I mean. Well, you are only like 22. Right. And yeah. Think yeah. about how smart we were. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Um, okay. So, what are some three things that you're loving right now, Jen? Okay. tell us your three favorite things right now like if you were to text a girlfriend and be like oh my gosh
1: okay. let me tell you about this right. well here's one and I think I've mentioned this before but it's so
0: perfect for the summer and
1: I've I've reignited my love for it the thing is um I don't drink enough water I never I never have but I don't want to like I don't want you to don't I don't like
0: want... just water taste I just don't want to drink water yeah
1: I, I would rather drink Anything else, uh-huh. coffee and wine, that's what I want to drink. <laughs> all it's day. Fun. I wish that could be the, all the hydration I needed. Right.
0: Um, and I well, wait, drink- time out oh. real quick. Okay. I always justify if I drink like a lot of coffee and one day I'm like, well, I had to use water to make it.
1: Well, it does. it is technically made up of water.
0: See? so there you and, go.
1: So it's not, it's not a full loss. Right. But um, I don't drink Cokes. I quit drinking Cokes like seven or eight years ago. And so I, somebody taught me this, and it is so legit. I started drinking um, LaCroix, you know, the sparkling water, the coconut flavor. So it's like zero calories. It's no, it's all natural. It's not like chemicals. So coconut, LaCroix, and I'll just squeeze into it about half a fresh lime. I'm telling you, first of all, it's like a soda. It's carbonated. And delicious, and it tastes like the beach, and it's this coconutty lime. I mean, I could literally drink a gallon of it a day, and so I feel so good about myself because lime is a fruit. Hello, So it's like water, I, I just, I've always told people, I'm always trying to fix water. Yeah. And to me, this fixes water in the best possible way. Um, and so that's my favorite summer drink. I, I pour it all day long, and it makes me feel like I'm having something special instead of just dumb water. Do you
0: drink it out of the can, or do you put it in a cup with ice? Cup with ice. Oh, look at you. Sure. I, never, I drink liqueur like it's grown out of style, but I don't ever put it in a cup. What flavor do you drink? Right now, I have like they have this passion fruit that I just tried, and then some kind of like cranberry. Do you like them? Yeah. See the coconut that you like. I'm not a coconut fan. Oh, right. So that makes me nervous. Yeah, it's a love hate on coconut, and I love. Yeah, but I love all of the flavors: lemon, lime, and plain. Do you? Because I can take. I learned to
1: love sparkling water when I traveled last year to Rwanda um, with Nudenai and IJM. Uh huh. Um, That is, we had sparkling water. Well. That's like a thing that you have over there, you know, right. still or sparkling. Believe.
0: Yes, is that what they call it? Still, still or sparkling or still or I, I
1: think don't know. bubbles. Bubbles.
0: Ooh, I love that. I would think they were bringing me champagne if they said that. But
1: well, Jan Haugen, Gary Haugen's wife of IJM, taught me to like uh, sparkling, um, just sparkling or well, yeah. plain. Yeah, it's
0: just. I'm like, what have I been missing? I don't know
1: why I had such hatred for it all this time. It's so yummy. It's
0: like you're drinking it, soda. It is. Yeah.
1: Zero calories right. and, it's, and it's water, water. really.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so anyway, everybody can feel good about themselves. Yes. Yeah. That's one thing that I'm loving. A second thing that I'm loving. Uh, this could have fit into an early category, but I wanted to save it for the three things that I love because I, I super loved it. Um, I just finished reading The Invention of Wings by Sue Monk
0: Everywhere.
1: Yes. Did you read uh, Secret Life of Bees? That was her. Like, oh, I saw the movie. Womp I thought you
0: kept saying about reading. I do. A book. I didn't know there was a book before I saw it.
1: saw it. That was a big fail. I'm serious. You need to go back and read that. She is a spectacular. She's good at this. And so, the invention of wings was so good. It was so good that I finished reading it. You know, at like 3:30 a.m.
0: Is there a movie coming out? Because that will entice me a lot.
1: I think there's no way that there's not. Okay, I mean, I see what you're saying yeah, is that
0: good. so fascinating and
1: and there's so much depth to them and the relationships are so nuanced and tricky. And, you know, it's just, it's written during, um, it's, it's just a family of like white slave owners and their staff and a relationship between the young, like white girl and a young black slave and how they kind of grow up and love it. It's it's like heart wrenching. Yeah. And you want to throw it and be furious. Uh huh. And then there's redemption and there's courage and bravery. Anyway, the invention of wings. I, I, I promise you that you would not regret it. And
0: I'm going to love it because it sounds like a book I read called The Kitchen House. I have that book on a list to read. I have not read it. It's good. It's the same kind of like the relationships with the children.
1: Yeah. Really yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. I have good things about that too. Yeah. Okay. And then finally, um, I don't know what it is about being a person who works from home, um, which you and I do mm-hmm. for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have just found because I live here and I clean toilets here and I raise kids. here. This is such a, when I go into work mode, there's just something that I, I need to flip a couple of switches.
0: Yes. It's so, so hard.
1: We, do you know what I mean? Yes. yes. Exactly. So what can I do to transition from this is where I live and I run this house to this is also where I'm supposed to work and be right. productive. So this office is incredibly useful to that end because it's a different room and I can shut the door and I can't hear anything else. But I have just found that for some reason, I think it's a mental, I mean, it's almost like a, um, what's the thing when you take the medicine, it's not the real medicine.
0: It's like, like when you like spoonful of sugar, I'm just kidding. Um, you know what I'm saying? When it's, oh, it's like you go in a test and some people take the real one and some people take the fake one. Yeah. What's that word? I don't know. People are listening and they're like, this is what it is. It's so obvious. I'm so
1: just so sorry. We'll have to come back and add it later. But it just
0: makes you think that you're taking something that you're it really makes, not. It's the power of
1: suggestion that you're uh-huh. getting.
0: Well, one thing that
1: is a power of suggestion to me that I am about to be productive, that I am flipping a switch and I am about to work and it is going to come flowing out of me naturally and easily is that when I come out to my office to work, I light a candle and um, and it's a specific candle. I buy the same one over and over and over. So the smell—it's me- like
0: the little like the Pavlov thing with the with the, the bell on yeah. the dog. Yeah, that's what it is.
1: It's like Pavlov. The smell triggers my brain, and if I smell it anywhere else, I'm like, oh my gosh! It just—I am instantly thinking of being in my office. I'm thinking of writing. I'm thinking of studying. I'm thinking of researching. Um, anyway, it is—you're um, going to tell us so we can all go get it. Yeah, it's the E candle brand. And it is called,
0: you know what I'm talking about? They make them here in Texas? They make them here
1: in Texas. Uh Uh-huh. And it's called Birds of Paradise. Okay. Birds of Paradise. And it's just, it's this very specific smell that signals my brain to get busy working. Did you just,
0: did this just happen by happenstance? Like you just happened to be lighting that candle all the time and then you thought, hey, I like this. Let me make this my switch. That's
1: exactly what it was. And so, and that's been a long time ago. And and I light it, and but so now I feel like I don't want to mess up the magic, so I'm afraid to try different smell. <laughs> you're
0: like, you, this you're works.
1: Just, this is my magic. Yeah. And so it, it's like I just have to tilt everything, just writing to get the magic to work. Um, and my Birds of Paradise candle is one of them. And so it will forever be to me my work, my work smell.
0: Okay, I'm gonna have to try this because working from home is so difficult for me. Yes. Because on one minute I'm recording an interview like this and then I'm, I'm writing about it and then I'm doing this. And then the next minute I'm like unloading the dishwasher because it's that's just, exactly. I can see the dishwasher from here. And that's so hard. I mean,
1: so I cannot tell you how many times I've been out here working and all of a sudden I see a face, a little face pressed <laughs> to the window. <laughs> summer is so, summer is It's killer.
0: so hard when you work from home. It is so,
1: I, my empathy is to all of your listeners who are working from home and also raising kids in the summer. It's just, I don't, I feel like I've I've never actually done it well in the summer. Never.
0: And here's the funny uh, thing too. We we all start the summer with like a game plan. Like this will work. (laughs) I'm going to rule this summer and you kids are going to love it. You're going to have fun (laughs) and I'm going to work and we're just going to, it's going to be awesome. (laughs) And then week three, you're like, this is the worst thing ever.
1: Oh my gosh. That, is the funniest thing because it is just so true. We wrote a huge bulletin board. We, we called it the board board, like B-O-R-E-D-B-O-A-R-D, right. the uh-huh. board board. I'm like, listen, we are, we're going to go, we're going to the library, first of all, every week, obviously. <laughs> and we are not going to be on, we're not going to be watching TV. I, I had such good plan. I do it every summer. Uh-huh. And somewhere in the middle, you're just like, God, just, it's so hard to keep caring. Yep. It's so hard to keep caring about your brain development.
0: Yep. Like – Oh, so starting this summer, my kids had to read for 30 minutes every day and do a, these workbooks that I buy for them every day for 30 minutes, and oh. they hate it. But I'm like, we're going to keep our brains fresh. Look like, at you. Like, t- no, those workbooks have not seen the light of day <laughs> since, like, June 7th. <laughs> <laughs> and they're not complaining, but whatever. So, uh, okay, so Jen, your book comes out soon. We're going to give away a copy of the book. We're yeah. also – I talk to our friends over at Noonday. Um, They're going to give away five of the For the Love bracelets. Oh, no way. Yeah, so those bracelets were made in Haiti. Is this correct?
1: They were made in Haiti by the Haitian artisans that supply Noonday, and they just work specifically with a lot of leather, and they're so skilled. I mean, they're so good at what they do. And so the Haitian artisans made the bracelet. So first of all, it is a huge order, down to their co-op, which is exciting. That's exo- That's awesome. Yeah, and yeah. That's just more jobs for them. Uh-huh. Just make some. And then even like to to make good out of more good. Um, Noonday agreed to give five dollars of every for the love bracelet purchased. So it's going to be a, that bracelet's available actually tomorrow. This what day, uh, is available. August, August, August 6th. Yeah.
0: Okay, so August it's available 6th tomorrow. It's on
1: sale online for individual purchase. And um, every, five dollars of every sale goes to help One Now, which is, you know, our beloved nonprofit. I'm on the board there. I believe in their work and their models so very much. Um, and so specifically, it's going to go to help One Now, their their work in um, preventing trafficking in Haiti. So it's just like Haiti, Haiti, Haiti. We're we're sending all of our love to Haiti. We're sending our money. Um, we're sending our funding. We're sending our support. Um, So I'm just pumped about that. I love that. I know, right? I
0: love Haiti. I love Haiti. Okay, so we're going to give away five of them, but you can buy them on Noonday's website tomorrow. Um, Your book comes out August 12th, which you could probably pre-order on Amazon right now. Um, We're also, this is super fun, we're also going to give away a pair of our dear girlfriend tiffany wade's earrings which we both love and adore yes, so i get all the time i got a text the other day from my friend um melanie dale who was on the show a couple of weeks ago and she's like i have a girlfriend moving to texas i need to know where can i get those earrings that you and jen wear all the time and oh, ser-
1: are you serious yep.
0: so tiffany wade you are, i always talk about the earrings that i love and jen has some and these are actually the pair that you named Oh, St. Cecilia. So you named these earrings St. Cecilia. We're going to give away a copy of those as well. Oh, not a copy, a pair of those.
1: Okay. Just what everyone needs to know is that the St. Cecilia's, so Tiffany asked me, you know, what, um, what's a special place in Austin that you love? Cause I want to name these, you know, they're Saint, they're whatever by gin. And that is our Favorite boutique hotel in Austin. I mean, that's me and Brandon's number one go-to place. <gasps> okay. I just what? figured it out. I'm so sorry. that There's been a piece of my brain this entire time trying to figure out that word that we couldn't figure out earlier. It's placebo. I'm Googling it on my phone. I couldn't. You I was couldn't not really it in the podcast. You couldn't let it go. I found the word placebo. Okay. That's what my candle is. It's placebo there effect. There you go. Okay, onward. Anyways, the St. Cecilia's are probably my most outrageous earrings. they come to your shoulders. To your
0: shoulders. And are they the, they're the double layer too, right? Yep. yep.
1: It's a gold and a silver yeah. double layer leather feather down to your shoulders. I mean, they're outrageous. And every time I wear them, people freak out. They love them. So me too. I'm so oh, Someone's going to get them.
0: Yeah. So someone's going to get a pair of those, and that is the best. That's the best. I wear them all the time. And what's funny to me is I get so many, like, random, like, guy opening the train door. When have I been on, a, I did wear them in Spain on a train, but like guy, like guy checking me out at a, at a restaurant, they're like, Oh, I like your earrings. Like totally. It's so weird. <laughs> yeah. So whoever wins them, your husband's going to love them or your boyfriend or. Yes. Yeah.
1: You know what they are? They're just like, they're a statement piece. They just kind of say, I don't even care. I don't even, like, care. I don't even care. If I want to wear leather feather earrings down to my shoulder blades, I will wear them. And I can. So. I have people tell me all the time, oh, I can't pull those off. I'm like, you most certainly can, too. You just put them in your ears. There and you go. The door. That's how you pull them off. Yep. And people just think, oh, she's the kind of person that can do that because you just did it.
0: The thing is, I'm not that kind of person. Like, our friend Tiffany Wade that makes these, if you knew her, she can do anything. She can wear anything. Definitely. She can put on the most crazy thing, and you're like, wow, that looks good. I, I put on, like, a T-shirt and jeans, and I'm it's the best. Let's be fair. We are no Tiffany Wade.
1: No. I mean, <laughs> I, one of the first times I was ever around Tiffany, she was wearing, uh, like, shiny, almost plastic gold pants. Oh,
0: yes. I you know, know what pants you're talking about, about. yes.
1: Um, so, I mean, when Jamie says outrageous, just uh, outrageous, and yet there she is. She walks in the door. I'm like, well, of course. Of, of course you're wearing that, and somehow it's working perfectly on your body.
0: Perfectly, like, yes. Like your
1: gold flash pants.
0: Yes. Um, like, I don't want to so stand it, next to yes. her in my, like, you know – Little bitty old t-shirt dress, <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> like I look like I'm on the Gilmore Girls or something. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. So I'm gonna give away all of this stuff on Instagram. I'll let you know how you can get it, and it's so fun. So Jen, thank you for being my 50th guest. Woo! I love it. I love it. I want to come
1: back on a hundred.
0: Okay, we'll you'll come on every you know fifty, hundred. Yeah. We'll do that.
1: Yeah, two fifty. Let's just let's just keep, keep it, it going. going.
0: Keep it going. I know okay, it. guys. Thanks. Um, I'll tell you how you can win it and check out my website, Jamieivy.com for any link we talked about. There's going to be a lot. Cause we're talking about a lot of books and places. So I'll put all those links up there. So I don't feel like you have to like be driving and writing them down. I'll do the work for you. Okay, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Jen. Bye, friend. Guys, thanks for listening. Thank you for joining Jen and I at Happy Hour. It was so lovely to chat with her. And I know that you enjoyed it as well. Today's show is sponsored also by Nutty Snacks. Nutty Snacks are gluten-free, all-natural, high-protein, good food for you that actually kind of tastes like dessert, which I kind of like that. It's perfect for CrossFitters and endurance athletes who need a little boost to keep going. It's loved by moms who need a quality snack for their little people, and it's devoured by anyone who dares to try them. They come in two separate sizes. There's the convenient two-and-a-half-ounce packs for your life on the go, throw in your bag take them to the gym, whatever you need to do with others. And then there's the 7-ounce pack that you should probably share with your friends and not eat the whole thing. The Ivy family loves these, although Ann and I eat them mostly because we don't want to share them with our kids because they're that good. But you should probably share and every once in a while i feeling nice. I do as well. Anyhow, check out Nutty Snacks. It's nuttysnacks.com. And just for you Happy Hour listeners, there's a 15% off code. So it's worth checking out, and then you're going to love it. The code is Happy Hour 15 So go to nuttysnacks.com, use the code HAPPYHOUR15 to get 15% off your order. Okay, guys, I told you that we're going to give some stuff away. And although I told you I want to be like Oprah and start giving away cars and all kinds of products, we do have some great stuff for you today, and I'm super excited about it. Jen's graciously giving away five copies of her new book, Plus the bracelet that we chatted about that is actually made in Haiti, which is near and dear to my heart as well. So we're going to give away five copies of the books. They include a bracelet. And also our friend Tiffany Wade that we chatted about and we love because we sport her earrings all the time is giving away two pair of the St. Cecilia earrings. And Jen named these. Saint Cecilia. And so Tiffany Wade's giving those away to you. So I'm actually going to give away things to seven people, which is so fun. And we're going to do all of this over on Instagram. Make sure you're following me on Instagram. It's Jamie Ivy. And in a couple of days, we'll have a giveaway. And I'll pick seven winners. And we're going to give away books and earrings. And it's so much fun. But besides the giveaway, our friend Tiffany is like, Hey, I want to give your listeners a coupon code. Because we love coupon codes. And so if you want to get some earrings... That Tiffany makes, which I get so many compliments on my earrings everywhere I go. No lie, if I have on a pair of her earrings, someone says, "Oh my gosh, I love those!" or "Can I touch those? Are those heavy?" And when I post pictures on Instagram, you guys are like, "Where do I get these earrings?" And finally, Tiffany has a web page, and so I'm going to give you an easy thing to remember because you can remember my web page, JamieIvy.com. So just go to jamieivycom Wade and those are her earrings. The Tiffany Wade earrings will take you there. And while you're there, buy you some earrings because she's giving you 15% off with the code HAPPY HOUR. So, just for you HAPPY HOUR listeners, jamieivy.com backslash Tiffany Wade, 15% off. Today's show is produced by Knox McCoy and music is from the band Homestead. Next week is episode 51 and my friend Emily Freeman is joining me and we chat about her book Simply Tuesday plus lots of other fun stuff and her book actually released yesterday as well. Great book to pick up. It's less than $10 on Amazon right now and I read it this summer and thoroughly enjoyed it. Guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing with your friends. Thanks for tagging me on Instagram when you're listening to the show. That is so fun. I really do love that. Um, Thanks for everything. Enjoy your week and get some girls together for your very own happy hour.